You are listening to community-supported radio, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Monday, March 8th, 2021. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. Right after the latest NPR News headlines, we'll have the California Report from KQED Public Radio, including news about the planned April 1st reopening of some entertainment venues and progress in the recall attempt against Governor Gavin Newsom. Also upcoming, a roundup of regional news and weather, and Charlotte Peterson's interview with Auburn's multifaceted Jamie Ross, mom, educator, musician, and activist. For their support of KVMR, we'd like to thank Craig Johnson Plumbing, serving Nevada and Placer County since 2004. Now partnered with Clearwater and Filtration, providing water testing services, treatment recommendations, home filtration system design, and existing equipment evaluation. Information at clearwaterandfiltration.com. And we thank Chan Family Optometry, Vision Care Team and Dr. Tiffany Chan provide general optometry services, testing and screening, and offer glasses, contacts, and LASIK. Located on Sierra College Drive in Grass Valley. Information, ChanFamilyOptometry.com. Here are the latest headlines from National Public Radio. Live from NPR News, I'm Jack Spear. The head of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta says about 9% of the U.S. population has been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Member station WABE in Atlanta, Sam Whitehead reports some 31 million Americans have received a full-dose regimen and can safely resume some activities without taking precautions like masking. There are still high levels of community spread of the coronavirus in the U.S., says CDC head Dr. Rochelle Walensky. But she says the rising number of vaccinations is putting the country on a strong path to eventually end the pandemic. With more and more people getting vaccinated each day, we are starting to turn a corner. And as more Americans are vaccinated, a growing body of evidence now tells us that there are some activities that fully vaccinated people can resume at low risk to themselves. The CDC now says fully vaccinated people can safely hold small gatherings with other fully vaccinated people without masks and distancing. For NPR News, I'm Sam Whitehead in Atlanta. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is reiterating her push for President Biden's nearly $2 trillion coronavirus relief measure. NPR's Windsor Johnson reports the bill is headed to the House Tuesday for final approval before the president signs it into law. Speaking on MSNBC, Secretary Yellen said the bill provides enough resources to fuel a very strong economic recovery and will get millions of people back to work sooner. I'm anticipating, if all goes well, that our economy will be back to full employment next year. And the Congressional Budget Office estimated that without this, it could probably take until 2024. Yellen says there will still be longstanding inequality problems in the economy that would need to be addressed by additional legislation. The relief measure includes another round of stimulus checks and an extension of extra weekly unemployment benefits through the first week of September. 
Windsor Johnston, NPR News, Washington. The judge overseeing the case of the former Minneapolis police officer accused of killing George Floyd by kneeling on the black man's neck paused the start of jury selection today pending an appeal. Eric Nelson, the lawyer representing Derek Chauvin, appealing over the possible reinstatement of a third-degree murder charge in the case. Nelson says he wants the Minnesota Supreme Court to review the matter. We're prepared to try this case. It is, it is not our intent to cause delay by filing a PFR with the Minnesota Supreme Court. However, um, I feel I have an ethical obligation to my client and to other criminal defendants to do so because it was a published, published or excuse me, precedential opinion. Chauvin is charged with second-degree murder and manslaughter. Judge Cahill says he lacks a jurisdiction to rule on the request. On Wall Street, the Dow is up 306 points today. You're listening to NPR. In the Philippines, authorities killed nine people in a series of raids on the main island of Luzon over the weekend that left-wing groups say amounted to extrajudicial killings. Military said those killed were suspected communist insurgents who opened fire on police serving warrants. More from NPR's Julie McCarthy. Police say that all of those killed were associated with communist terrorist groups and had shot at officers while they were serving search warrants. But human rights groups are outraged over the deaths of what they said were legitimate activists who were unarmed and allege that the warrants against them were based on fabricated information. Critics blame President Rodrigo Duterte for targeting non-combatants in his campaign against the communist guerrillas who have waged one of the world's longest-running insurgencies. A negotiated end to their fighting failed, and last Friday Duterte called for finishing the insurgents off. If there's an armed encounter, kill them, he said. Don't mind human rights. Julie McCarthy, NPR News. Here into the coronavirus pandemic, Nevada's governor is still seeking a balance between keeping the state's tourism business going, while at the same time slowing the spread of the coronavirus. In an interview with the Associated Press, Governor Steve Sisolak saying he plans to use Nevada's safety protocols as a selling point to bring tourists, conventions, and trade shows back to Las Vegas. The adult entertainment hub with its casinos, live shows, and large hotel properties has been hard hit by the coronavirus. Crude oil futures prices move lower today. Oil down a dollar and four cents a barrel to end the session at 65.05 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange. I'm Jack Spear, NPR News. This is the California Report. I'm Lily Jamali. California will begin allowing attendance at outdoor sporting events, concerts, and amusement parks starting April 1st. Scott Rod from Cap Radio in Sacramento has the details. The reopenings will happen gradually, and attendance capacity will be limited based on the state's color-coded tier system. Other public health restrictions will remain in place, such as masks and social distancing. There will also be restrictions on food concessions. Dr. Mark Galley is California's Health and Human Services Secretary. California feels well-equipped to take these small but meaningful steps. We will, as I said yesterday, keep our foot on the brake, not the gas, our eyes on the road, our hands on the wheel, and navigate based on data and science. The state's travel advisory remains in effect, but officials acknowledge enforcing it will be a challenge. The state will release more specific guidelines in the coming weeks to iron out final details. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. 
Leaders of the effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom say they've collected more than 1.9 million signatures with a little more than a week before a deadline. County and state elections officials will need to verify nearly 1.5 million of those as valid signatures by March 17th to trigger a recall election. The most recent verification numbers from the Secretary of State's office found that about 83 percent of the signatures counted by early February were valid. If the recall effort succeeds, a special election would likely occur later this year. The Kern County Board of Supervisors is holding a public hearing today on whether to allow tens of thousands of oil wells to be built over the next 15 years. A proposal pushed by the petroleum industry would speed up the permitting process for new oil and gas drilling by creating a blanket environmental impact report. A state appeals court blocked a similar plan in 2015, saying it failed to fully evaluate or disclose environmental damage that could occur from drilling. Environmentalists and some community groups say this latest proposal still doesn't address potential violations of the California Environmental Quality Act. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Personal Capital, helping people take control of their finances with financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary advisor personalcapital.com, and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere. To Silicon Valley now, where tech giant Google is under scrutiny this morning after a new report from NBC News. It alleges that Google advised mental health care as a solution when workers complained about racism and sexism there. NBC's April Glazer joins me now. Good morning. Good morning, Lily. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back on the show. One of the people who you and your colleague Char Adams profile is a former Google employee named Benjamin Cruz. And Cruz alleges that a colleague at Google told them that their skin was much darker than expected. Um, Obviously not a very comfortable thing to hear at work. And Cruz ended up going to human resources at Google. Tell us what happened next. Right. So Cruz went to Human Resources and they were told that they should assume good intent. And, you know, Cruz had had issues on his team before. So he asked Human Resources to look into it even further. And their solution was that Cruz should take a medical leave to address their mental health before moving to a new role in the company. So Cruz did go on the medical leave. But when he came back, he had interviewed for various roles, but was turned down and was eventually forced to quit. So he felt that he was really pushed out after complaining about an experience of racism that he had while he was at work. And Cruz's story is not the only one you heard. Um, You talked to about 10 people, it sounds like. For those who say that they took that kind of leave, this mental health leave, what did they tell you happened when they would come back to the company once that leave was over? Right. So we talked to 10 people who this happened to, but then another 12 people who said they know that this happens all the time or they know people who this happened to. So we really reported this out. And and what we found for many of the people who this did happen to is that when they came back, they came back to a new manager or a different role or a different place in the organization and their work history didn't necessarily carry with them. And so they weren't eligible for the promotions or the raises that they would get, you know, had they had their work history brought with them to their new manager or to their new role. 
and it ultimately affected them financially, they said. And, you know, these people um, who we spoke to, the majority of them are from underrepresented minorities and do not uh, have a lot of colleagues that look like them at Google. And uh, they felt that they were just kind of continuously stifled. Yeah, and this is a really striking point to me because when I first came to the Bay Area as a reporter five years ago, a lot of tech companies had started releasing these diversity reports and they'd come out and you'd compare it to the last one and you'd see that not a whole lot had changed. And so I wonder, how do you think your story fits into that bigger story about Silicon Valley's problem with diversity in its ranks? Right. Yeah. Diversity in Silicon Valley has been abysmal for a long time, despite throwing hundreds of millions of dollars from all of these companies every year into it. And we have to you know, ask, why is this so intractable? And one reason might be because when employees do come with a complaint of racism or sexism that they experience, as opposed to, you know, treating that complaint as something that's very valid, that needs to be investigated. Employees told us, sources told us, that they were told that they need to address their mental health and and possibly even take a mental health leave. And so this could be one reason why we see these perpetually abysmal diversity numbers in, you know, the most powerful industry in the world that creates our AI, that that kind of determines what we see and what we know, especially for a company like Google uh, with such a prominent search product. What did Google have to say when you brought these allegations to them? Google said that, you know, it takes these allegations very seriously and investigates all of the allegations and that it wants to provide mental health resources as as a resource for employees to help them, you know, get the care that they need. And, you know, there's no doubt that it's very important that that companies do recognize the importance of mental health care and therapy. It's just it comes into question, according to, you know, diversity work experts that we spoke to, when it's used as a way of questioning employees' mental health when they bring up claims of discrimination. All right. April Glazer, uh, you can read this story on NBCNews.com. We appreciate your reporting. Thanks for coming back on. Thanks, Lily. And that is the California Report for this Monday. We end on this tweet from my co-host Saul Gonzalez to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry after their bombshell interview with Oprah last night. Whatever happens, Saul writes, you're Californians now. See you on the 405 or at In-N-Out. Saul is on Twitter as at Saul KQED. I am at Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. In the regional weather forecast, cool and unsettled weather through midweek with periods of showers and thunderstorms and mountain and upper foothill snow. Dry and milder weather is expected to return by the end of the week. In tonight's weather for Nevada City and Grass Valley, rain and possible snow showers continuing till about midnight with an overnight low of 31 degrees. Rain and possible snow showers returning to the Nevada City Grass Valley area Tuesday morning and continuing through the day with a high of 40 degrees and a low of 31. The storm is expected to bring half an inch to one inch of precipitation to the area by Thursday. In Truckee, snow showers this evening, becoming partly cloudy later with an overnight low of 18 degrees. Tuesday in Truckee, partly cloudy early with snow showers developing later in the day. Truckee on Tuesday expects a high of 32 degrees and a low of 20, with a chance of snow at 60%. Snow accumulation, if any, is expected to be less than one inch. In Sacramento, mostly clear tonight, giving way to clouds and a few showers after midnight, with an overnight low of 41. In Sacramento, Tuesday, cloudy with occasional rain showers and a high of 56 degrees. 
chance of precipitation is at 60%, with less than a fifth of an inch of rain expected. When the Nevada County Board of Supervisors meets for its afternoon session at 1.30 p.m. Tuesday, it will hear discussion of a resolution that appears to seek to reopen Nevada County businesses, venues, and schools that have been closed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The proposed resolution, introduced by Board Chairman Dan Miller and Supervisor Sue Hook, states that Nevada County should have the ability to respond locally to COVID-19 in accordance with local data and circumstances. It asks the Board of Supervisors to acknowledge the importance of geographic diversity in the question of reopening the county. The resolution states that California's blueprint for a safer economy doesn't account for differences among the state's 58 counties, especially its rural ones. The resolution is likely to spark controversy and lively discussion among supervisors and community residents just as the state moves forward with opening some sports and concert venues on April 1st. In fact, Supervisor Hook says, the purpose of the resolution is to encourage two-way communication with the community. The resolution was to go to supporting Nevada County to safely, in response to COVID-19, to coordinate with Nevada County Public Health and our authorities to open safely. I think the one thing that we were looking for was that each week people come in public comment and, and they comment and we don't aren't allowed to ask um, return their questions. And this this was one way for, it has to be on the agenda for people to have public comment. And that, and that was probably the biggest purpose is hearing from the people. That, that's, a, that's a challenge as a board is um, Brown Act keeps us from being able to discuss things outside of the chambers. And when regular public comment comes, the, we can't answer them. And we want people to know we're listening. I think the one thing that came across wrong with this, I'm just going to say, is that... Um, I had hoped this resolution would be less partisan and that people could look at this from both sides and have a good conversation about where we want to go. And um, remember that we are a small county. We're unique. We're different. The resolution requests guidance and resources from the state to open schools to in-person instruction, and it requests what it calls a predictable, transparent vaccination allocation from the state, along with stable vaccine eligibility rules and clearer public messaging on vaccine availability. The public can provide in-person comment to the Board of Supervisors during the meeting by using the virtual public comment kiosk outside the Rood Center. Other methods of listening, watching, and commenting can be found on the My Nevada County website. The City Council of Nevada City will revisit a proposal by the owners of the National Exchange Hotel on Broad Street to paint a 100-square-foot sign on the side of the building that would be visible from the passing freeway. The sign would require a variance from the city's zoning ordinance. The Planning Commission unanimously denied the variance request in February of last year. The matter on calendar at the City Council's meeting at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday is the hotel's appeal of that decision. The Nevada County Historical Society's board has stated its opposition, saying such signage is specifically prohibited by the city's historic district ordinance. Email comments to the council on the matter will be accepted until 7 p.m. today at nevadacity.olson at gmail.com. The meeting will take place on the Zoom platform.
The Nevada County Veterans Service Office is conducting a survey this week to hear from military members and veterans on how they can be better served. The Veterans Services Office is creating a strategic plan and is looking for the input of active duty military members and veterans. The information collected from this survey will be shared with local veteran service organizations, such as the American Legion, Veterans of Foreign Wars, and Vietnam Veterans of America. These organizations plan to use this information to ensure that no veteran in Nevada County slips through the cracks. The survey can be found through March 13th at mynevadacounty.com slash veteran services survey, or you can request a paper survey by calling 530-273-3396. I'm Charlotte Peterson. And for me, International Women's Day is all about capturing the essence of what C. Jane Dew founder Elisa Parker refers to as, quote, everyday women doing extraordinary things, end quote. It's true, it's true. I believe in miracles, I do. You are a miracle. For this year's International Women's Day, I am so excited to be chatting with one of my local everyday heroes, Jamie Ross. Jamie is a mom, educator, and award-winning recording artist who performs as J. Ross Pirelli. Jamie has a passion for bringing creative teaching and cultural equity to the forefront, whether in a classroom or on a stage. Raised and living in Auburn, California, she received her teaching credential from Long Beach State and is currently working towards her master's degree in policy and leadership in education at Mills College. With her global community work and growing interest in the education system and reform, she founded Beats Lyric Leaders and co-created a hip-hop curriculum that is now being piloted with youth everywhere. Jamie was just elected to the Auburn Union School District Board of Trustees. So, Jamie, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure. KVMR is one of my favorites, so thank you for having me. So, Jamie, let's talk a little bit about the Beats Lyrics Leaders, or BLL. What was your inspiration for creating this? Um, I was out in New York, and... The industry was not <laughs> what I thought it was going to be. And I had been invited to perform in Seattle. So I flew out there. And in my travels out in Washington, I came across Olympia, Olympia, Washington. And there was this gentleman there. And he said, oh, you're a cute young lad. Will you come teach my kids? Basically, type ordeal. And I'm like, OK, I will do this. And it changed my life forever. Like. I walked into this reservation in Olympia and this girl came up to me and she said, J. Ross, my stepdad raped me. I'm pregnant. My mom kicked me out of the house and now he's in jail. And I, it's one of those moments where you're like, wow, what do we do? We sing. This is all I know how to do. All I know how to do is sing. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps. I could teach these kids how to heal through singing. 
oh my gosh, what am I doing in the industry? And it was like this split moment where I literally went home, packed everything I owned in my car and drove it back to California so I could tour the world to perform for students. My whole perspective changed. So that's the inspiration for BLL. It's really um, how do you heal as a collective? How do we radically heal? And, and we have to, to me, we have to start with these youth. So just recently, we were actually able to work locally with NEO in Grass Valley and put together a conference for these students to make their own beat, write their own lyrics, record their song, and then put a treatment together for a music video in which we filmed at the Grass Valley Fairgrounds. Uh, three amazing, amazing students. This was a free program offered through COVID to kind of keep children and students and youth active. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're activating. We're activists over here. Well, Jamie, that is a perfect segue to listen to Sunset Tears. Under sky sunset tears, my mama I'm not sure if there's anything more transformative than for someone to find their own voice. Yes. So music itself is a replication of this. Art is a replication of this. It's called transformation, right? And when we see it in ourselves, then we can help others recognize it. The whole goal of Beats Lyrics Leaders is to make sure that students have a voice. The next step is advocating for that voice and what they do with it. But the first step of Beats Lyrics Leaders is finding that voice. So we've worked with the most um, incredible students that are often underrepresented, underserved, uh, what we tend to call marginalized. Um, I started on Native Reservations because that was a calling to me. I got pulled to it. I'm not Native. Uh, I just really appreciate and love the culture. So I got called into these different reservations to help sing to these students. And um, from there, it was like a foster youth program. And so I just, I, I, I immediately connected with these transformations within these students and the healing process of music. And I've been speaking with Jamie Ross for this year's International Women's Day. For KBMR, I'm Charlotte Peterson. And lastly, we get the latest lowdown from Jim Hightower. I don't know if Nero really fiddled while Rome burned, but we know that Texas Senator Ted Cruz fiddled around while his state froze. While Ted fled Texas for the warmth of the Ritz-Carlton Resort in Cancun, Mexico, dozens of his constituents died in the five-day deep freeze and millions more suffered physically and financially. This disaster was not the result of a polar vortex, but of a small-minded vortex of right-wing political hokum that puts the interests of a few energy profiteers over the well-being of the people. Among Texans now paying the price of this political fealty to the corporate interests is a hard-hit group that gets little media notice. Small local farmers. I've had the privilege of working with these hardy, innovative people since my days as Texas Agriculture Commissioner. They are America's most productive, most ecologically conscious, most community-spirited ag producers. Yet, 
State and national farm policies serve the industrial farm giants. For example, tens of billions of our tax dollars are paid out each year in crop insurance, but the program is not geared to the realities and needs of small, local, diversified farms, few of which get any assistance. Indeed, the bulk of payments go to those least in need, the big acreage, multi-million dollar agribusiness operators, including Wall Street syndicates. So, such efficient enterprising farms in my area as Boggy Creek, Eden East, and Hatton Hart lost row after row of veggies to the killer storm. That means they lost the money invested to produce those crops, lost the money they would have gotten by selling them, and will have to find money from somewhere to put in a new crop. None of them will get a dime from the federal program. This is Jim Hightower saying, not only must we replace our corporate-controlled electric grid, but also our corporate-controlled ag policy and our corporate-controlled public officials. The views expressed on this show are those of the speakers only and are not necessarily those of KVMR, our board, staff, volunteers, or contributors. That's our newscast. Coming up next at 6.30, WINGS observes International Women's Day with the voices of women across the globe. And at 7 p.m., it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. For their support of community radio, we thank Four Paws Animal Clinic, providing medical, dental, surgical services, alternative therapies, and cat boarding for cherished companions on Searles Avenue, Nevada City. Dr. Susan Murphy and staff proudly support KVMR. F-O-U-R-P-A-U-S-E.com. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza and airs at 6 p.m. every Monday through Friday. Your opinion is valuable to us, so don't forget to fill out our listener survey. You can find it online at kvmr.org survey. And speaking of opinions, are you the kind of community member who writes letters to the union and loves robust discussion of the issues? Consider submitting a commentary to news at kvmr.org. Commentary guidelines can be found on our website under the news section.